0: This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer, and welcome to Keep the Faith, my weekly podcast in which we explore contemporary issues through the prism of Jewish law and tradition. The Holocaust, the Shoah, as we call it in the Jewish world, has been making news in 2021, and that's not good news. In January, the English-language weekly The Forward reported on the spate of monuments and street namings around the world that honor actual Nazis or their collaborators, a number of which are right here in the United States. In August, Canadian newspapers reported that two such monuments were defaced there. One was a statue in Edmonton, Alberta, Of an infamous Ukrainian Nazi collaborator named Roman Shukyevich. Shukyevich commanded a Ukrainian military unit that massacred thousands of Jews and as many as 100,000 Polish civilians. The other defaced memorial is in Oakland, Ontario. It honors the 14th Waffen SS Division a Ukrainian unit also known as the SS Glitzina Division. It was important enough to rate a personal visit from SS Reichsführer Heinrich Himmler himself. As one news report put it, the unit's, quote, recruitment posters proudly featured Hitler. There's no doubt about just who it is the Oakville Memorial Honors, unquote. I'll come back to these monuments near the end of this podcast. Then there were the news reports in mid-October that initially prompted this podcast. An educator named Gina Petty, Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction for a South Lake, Texas school district, was teaching teachers about how to comply with yet another new and controversial Texas law. This one meant to prevent the teaching of such issues as white supremacy, racism, and privilege in Texas classrooms. Said Petty, quote, make sure that if you have a book on the Holocaust, that you have one that has opposing, that has other perspectives, unquote. Shocking as Petty's remark was, though, It pales in comparison to what a series of new surveys have shown about Holocaust awareness here in the United States and Canada, and in various other countries around the world. The surveys were undertaken by the Holocaust Task Force of the Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany, commonly known as the Claims Conference. The latest survey about Holocaust awareness in the United Kingdom was released on Wednesday. The release coincided with a singular event in Holocaust history, Kristallnacht, the so-called Night of Broken Glass. This past Tuesday night and Wednesday marked the 83rd anniversary of Kristallnacht. In Germany, it's known as the November Pogrom, the November Pogrom. But pogrom doesn't begin to describe this horrific event or its significance. It was nothing less than the precursor of the Holocaust, the Shoah itself. And so, the topic for this week is why teaching about the Shoah is more important now than ever before. Many people do know about the Holocaust, at least in broad outlines. But not many people know about Kristallnacht, yet it was carried out against Jews and Jewish businesses and institutions throughout Germany, Austria, and the Sudetenland in full view of the world. It was reported the world over in real time. No other event in the history of the Holocaust from 1933 on received as much attention as did Kristallnacht, according to one of the leading historians of the 20th century, the late Sir Martin Gilbert, who also was Sir Winston Churchill's biographer. Kristallnacht began on the night of November 9, 1938, and continued through the next day, November tenth. It was carried out by the Nazi Party's paramilitary force, the Sturmabteilung, and the stormtroopers were eagerly aided by thousands of civilians throughout Nazi Germany. There were 267 synagogues that were destroyed during Kristallnacht. Over 7,000 Jewish businesses were damaged or destroyed, and 30,000 Jewish men were snatched up and sent to concentration camps. The event got its name, Kristallnacht, Because millions of little pieces of shattered glass literally covered the streets after the rioting had ended. As many as 2,000 Jews were killed during Kristallnacht, according to the latest research, not the 91 deaths that the Nazis originally claimed. The horrors of Kristallnacht led the Times of London the next day to say, No foreign propagandist bent upon blackening Germany before the world, could outdo the tale of burnings and beatings, of blackguardly assaults on defenseless and innocent people, which disgraced that country yesterday, On Wednesday, the Claims Conference released the latest edition of its Holocaust Knowledge and Awareness Survey, this one concentrating on the United Kingdom, Meaning England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. The survey confirms what previous surveys have already shown about other countries that there's a surprising lack of awareness of key and even very basic knowledge about the Holocaust. In the UK's case, this includes awareness of its own early and extremely honorable connection to Holocaust history, which is wrapped up with Kristallnacht or its dishonorable record that followed. I'll explain both in a moment. The majority of all UK respondents, 52%, didn't know that 6 million Jews were murdered. Worse, 22% thought that 2 million or fewer Jews were killed during the Shoah. Interestingly, 88% of the respondents said that it's important to continue to teach the Holocaust in schools, if for no other reason than that teaching about it is one way to assure that it never happens again. And 72% of the respondents said that schools in the UK should be given more resources from the government to teach about the Holocaust. The claims conference president, Gideon Taylor, had this to say in a statement following the release of the UK study. Quote, it is very powerful to see the overwhelming majority of UK respondents, say the Holocaust, to be taught in schools. This is where we need to focus our energy. Education will not only fill the gaps in Holocaust knowledge, but it will also make for better, more empathetic citizens. Unquote. As to the UK's extremely honorable connection to Holocaust history, It happened in the wake of Kristallnacht. Jewish families in the Third Reich knew they had to save their children, even if they couldn't save themselves. That led to an organized British rescue effort known as the Kindertransport. That's German for children's transport. Ostensibly a private effort. It was supported, publicized, and encouraged by the British government. Among other things, the British government waived All visa requirements, and put no limit on how many children could be brought in. By the time World War II began, the UK had rescued nearly 10,000 mostly Jewish children who were placed in foster homes, hostels, schools, and even on farms. No other country had a similar program. In the United States, immediately after Kristallnacht, A bill to create one was introduced in Congress by New York Democrat Senator Robert F. Wagner Sr. and Massachusetts Republican Representative Edith Rogers, but it died in committee because there was so much opposition to it by isolationists and anti-Semites in and out of Congress. The UK's role in saving these children highlights one of the more disappointing findings in the Claims Conference's latest survey. 76% of UK respondents said they had never heard of what the UK had done. They had never heard of the Kindertransport. As Greg Schneider, Claims Conference executive vice president, said, quote, it is particularly disappointing to find that the Kindertransport, an important historic chapter, that reflected the best of humanity and should serve as a beacon of hope in the darkest of times is being forgotten. Now, more than ever, it is critical that we find new and innovative ways to perpetuate the memory of the Holocaust through education. This is imperative, not just for the memory of the six million who were murdered and the survivors still with us, but for the generations to come. Only through understanding our history can we ensure a better future. Unquote. As I noted, though, as glorious as the Kindertransport was, the British government took another route once World War II broke out. Like so many others, the UK shut the door to Jewish immigration. Yet, sixty-seven percent of UK respondents wrongly believed that the British government kept the door open. Another interesting and somewhat more positive finding, and also a sad one for us here in the United States, was that UK respondents had a somewhat better knowledge of concentration camps and ghettos than Americans have. Only 32% of UK respondents were unable to name even one of the more than 40,000 camps or ghettos established by the Nazis, including the most infamous camp, Auschwitz. Well, 45% of U.S. adult respondents were unable to do so. Only 14% of U.K. respondents were able to name Bergen-Belsen, by the way, which is somewhat of a surprise because that death camp was liberated at the end of the war by the British 11th Armored Division. Finally, 7 out of 10 respondents in the U.K., say at least a few people in the UK believe the Holocaust didn't happen, and 22% of respondents say a great deal or many people in the UK believe that. In an earlier survey, this one covering France, 57% of French respondents didn't know that 6 million Jews were killed during the Holocaust. More concerning, 69% of French millennial and Generation Z respondents didn't know that. Millennials refers to people born from the mid-1980s until 1997. Generation Z refers to people born from 1997 until 2012. 30% of French respondents overall, and 44% of millennials and Gen Z respondents believe that 2 million or fewer Jews were killed during the Shoah, not 6 million. The French, by the way, refer to the Holocaust the way we Jews do. They call it the Shoah. Still, 82% of French respondents said it was important to continue teaching about the Shoah in part so that it doesn't happen again. 79% said that all students should learn about the Holocaust in school and 75% said Holocaust education in France should be mandatory. Another interesting takeaway from the French survey, 45% of millennials were unaware that France collaborated with the Nazis during the Holocaust, hunting down and deporting 67,000 Jews to concentration camps. Here's another takeaway, and even more worrisome while only 10% of all French respondents say it's okay for someone to hold anti-Semitic views, that number jumps to 20% for millennials and the Gen Z. In the Canada survey, 54% said they didn't know that 6 million Jews were killed during the Holocaust, with 23% saying they believe far fewer than 2 million Jews were killed, while another 24% said they had no idea how many were killed. Among Canadian millennials, the number who said they believe far fewer than 6 million Jews were killed was 62%. Other Canadian findings include these. 22% of millennials haven't heard or aren't sure if they've heard of the Holocaust. 49% of Canadian respondents couldn't name a single camp or ghetto by numbers 52% from millennials. Surprisingly, 71% never heard of the late Elie Wiesel, and only 55% knew of Oskar Schindler, the German businessman whose efforts to save Jewish lives was memorialized in the film Schindler's List. 32% of respondents said that Canada had an open immigration policy for any Jewish refugees fleeing Europe whereas Canada had one of the worst records of any country, allowing only 5,000 Jewish refugees in. On the bright side, 82% of Canadian respondents believe all students should learn about the Holocaust in school, while 85% said it's important to keep teaching about the Holocaust so that it does not happen again. Finally, these are the findings from the U.S. survey. 31% of all Americans and 41% of millennials believe that far fewer than 6 million Jews were killed during the Holocaust, most believing the number to be 2 million or lower. 45% of adult Americans of all ages couldn't name a single concentration camp or ghetto, That number was even higher for millennials. This one really got me. 11% of U.S. millennial and Gen Z respondents said that we, the Jews, caused the Holocaust. Caused it. Not that we were its principal victims. As incredible as that is, a shocking 19% of all respondents in the state of New York, of all places, said the Jews caused the Holocaust. 19% of all respondents in a state that arguably has more Holocaust survivors than most others. That's the highest for any state. It was followed by 16% in Louisiana, Tennessee, and Montana, and 15% in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, New Mexico, and, another shocker, Connecticut. There, nevertheless, is some encouraging news here as well. 93% of U.S. respondents said that all students should learn about the Holocaust in school, with 80% saying it's important to keep teaching about the Holocaust to prevent it from ever happening again. Those are the results, and clearly, we're failing when it comes to teaching our children and adults about the Shoah, how it started, what happened during it, how it could have been prevented, and what needs to be done to keep anything like it from happening again. As Greg Schneider put it, quote, we must do all we can to educate about the horrors of the Holocaust. It is incumbent on us to ensure that those who suffered so greatly are remembered while their stories are told and taught by future generations, unquote. That we need to get better at educating people about the Holocaust has a very visual component to it. The hundreds of statues and monuments here in the United States, in Canada, and around the world, honoring people who either aided or took part in the murder of 6 million Jews and 5 million others during the Shoah, the vast majority of which were put up just in the last 20 years. The investigation by the weekly newspaper The Forward I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast identified 320 monuments and street names in 16 countries on three continents that memorialize the perpetrators or abettors of the Shah. The biggest surprise on that list is the United States. As The Forward put it in January, quote, Without collaborators like the ones who occupy pedestals across America, the Holocaust as we know it couldn't have happened, unquote. Among the forward's findings are these. Along Broadway's Canyon of Heroes in downtown Manhattan are plaques honoring the two men who ruled France's collaborationist Vichy government that sent 67,000 Jews to concentration camps. President Henri-Philippe Pétain and Prime Minister Pierre Laval. Pétain is also honored with 11 street names throughout the United States. France, on the other hand, doesn't have a single street name for him and hasn't had even one for a very long time. In upstate New York and in Wisconsin, there are memorials to Stepan Bandera and Roman Shukovic, Who's also the subject of the defaced Edmonton Memorial I mentioned earlier? Bandera is a Ukrainian national hero who has museums named after him, including one in London. The Western Ukraine region of Lvov dedicated the year 2019 to him. All this despite the fact that he was a subject in two feature films and several documentaries because he headed a faction of the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists that eagerly participated in the Holocaust. The Ford, by the way, also found other Ukrainian nationalist busts in New York and Ohio. Then there's the Soviet general who defected to the Nazis with an army of over 100,000 men, Andrei Vlasov. He has a memorial in the hamlet of Nanuet in Rockland County, New York, about a half-hour's drive from where I live in New Jersey. Statues in Cleveland, Milwaukee, and two Chicago suburbs honor Ragolyov Mihaljevic, who led a Serbian paramilitary group that fought with the Nazis and carried out ethnic cleansing of Bosnian Muslims. Chicago also has a memorial to Adolphus Ramanoskas Vanagas who commanded a unit of the Lithuanian Activist Front. Its members slaughtered Jews across Lithuania in the summer of 1941. At the time of the Nazi invasion, there were around 220,000 Jews living in Lithuania. Just a few months later, there were only 40,000 left. Clearly, we need to do a much better job of teaching the Holocaust, the Shoah than we have been doing until now. George Santayana wrote that, quote, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it, unquote. That goes double for those who do not even know of the past. As for what Jewish law has to say about all this, it's summed up in this simple commandment, quote, remember what Amalek did to you when you left Egypt, unquote. The Amalekites didn't attack Israel on its way to Sinai by a frontal assault. They attacked those who were at the rear of the march, the people who couldn't move fast enough or who couldn't adequately defend themselves. Children, the elderly, the infirm, the women who were pregnant or had just given birth. If we must remember Amalek, we must certainly remember what the Nazis did, which was far worse than anything Amalek did. As to Gina Petty's instruction to teachers in South Lake, Texas, that they need to teach both sides of the Holocaust, there is an interesting discussion in the Talmud that's relevant. We're told that Rabbi Akiva said that the commandment to teach our children means that we should do so using a corrected text. What he meant by that, we're told, is that when learning any subject, we need to do so using accepted and wholly accurate texts, because once misinformation enters a person's mind, it's very difficult to root it out. The claims conference's surveys are proof of that. This is Rabbi Shmaya Englebeyer. I do hope you come back for my next podcast, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this or my other podcasts. Go to www.shamai.org, www.shammai.org, and email me, please. If you don't get the Jewish Standard but want to read my columns, go to the columns page of my website, The latest column is my ambivalence about Thanksgiving. Shabbat Shalom, stay healthy, and stay safe.